just wanted to share uh, really quickly. Um, someone from our in-person gathering had a word from the Lord, um, and they really felt like it needed to be shared today, and I definitely agree. Um, and they felt the Lord was telling them, uh, this is for somebody who's just not feeling safe. So either here in the in-person or at home doing a live stream, not feeling safe or just having doubts if things are going okay within who they are as a person. And so this might be for some of us in here or it might be for um, the whole church or for somebody um, at home. And so it's out of Psalm 139, verses 1 through 5, and then also verses 13 through 16. So let me read this out. Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit or stand. When far away, you know my every thought. You chart the path ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment, you know where I am. You know what I'm going to say before I say it. You both proceed and follow me and place a blessing on my head. Verses 13 through 16. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit them together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. You were there while I was being formed in utter seclusion. You saw me before I was born and scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day is recorded in your book. Lord Jesus, I just pray that this scripture over not only our church body, but for that one or two people specifically who are just feeling doubt right now, not feeling safe, not feeling like God's going to protect them or, or keep them healthy or whatever it might be, Lord. So God, in this moment through your Holy Spirit, just overwhelm them with your love and your confidence that you are here for them, that you have made them, all the delicate inner parts of their body, that you know every day, because you have it recorded, that you are with them, Lord Jesus. And so I pray through Holy Spirit that we would not only be encouraged by this, Lord, but that those people would, would sense that and feel that, but see the truth in your word about how you are for them and you are with them, Lord Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right. I just want to encourage you as well, if that word was for you, would you take it one step further and just talk to somebody? Talk to somebody about maybe how you don't feel safe and talk to the Lord about that. And I just want to encourage you to take it a step further and just make sure that, um, that you're getting some help if that's you. Well, um, we're talking about joy this morning and I'm excited about that. I love Christmas. How many of you love Christmas? I just love the whole atmosphere of Christmas. I love everything about it and that's because Christmas is about Jesus, and so I love it. And uh, I want to start off with a question as we talk about joy this morning, uh, and it's a simple one. It's this one. Are you happy? Are you happy? Are you a glass half full or a glass half empty kind of person? Are you only happy on Fridays or are you happy every day of the week? Are you characterized as a happy person? Is your mood, most of the time, mostly happy? What makes you the happiest? New iPhone? Nice relationships? A steak on the barbecue? Your new grandchild on the way? Now, I've noticed something about happiness in the American culture. Maybe you've noticed it as well. We are beginning as and American people to connect our happiness to things. Have you noticed that? That's what wealth does. 
Wealth connects our happiness to things. And I've also noticed another shift. Have you noticed, and this is global, I think, that we're also now starting to connect our happiness to our social media accounts. Both of which don't make us happy. Well, they can for a moment, but just for a blip. It's actually an unhealthy way to be happy. But I've noticed us as a culture, we're happy when we have the next best thing, the next relationship, the the next tech gadget, the next party. And now we're getting to the point where it's the next video on TikTok. It's the next like on Instagram is what makes me happy. Now, aren't you glad that we serve a God that said, I don't want you to live in that kind of happiness. I want you to have joy. Now, joy is like happiness on steroids. That's what joy is. Joy, the the definition of joy is this, an emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. That's why when the angel comes and says to the shepherds, I bring you good news that will cause great joy, he's talking about the fact that a Savior has been born to you. And this won't just be a happiness on your phone. This will be a joy that lasts you a lifetime. See, what we know about joy from Scripture and from the Bible is that joy is not just happiness for a moment. It's contentment for a lifetime and for an eternity. It's a, it's a style of life. It's the ability to live in a way that nothing phases me because I have joy and I am content and I am happy in all circumstances, Philippians 4 says. Now, the ability to always be happy and content, doesn't that sound wonderful? Some of you might be wondering, does that come wrapped in a box? Is it shelf-stable? How much does it cost? And one of the things we often think just in our humanness, right, is what will I have to give up to get that? And here's the good news. And it's the good news that we need to focus on on Christmas. And that's why we're celebrating Advent. And that's why we're going to light this candle all week to remind ourselves that joy came wrapped in cloths and was placed in a manger. And as a result, joy costs you nothing. It costs you nothing because Jesus is joy and everything that was in the way of our joy, Jesus took care of on the cross and paid for it. See, here's, I want us to know some things about joy this morning. And here's the first thing that I want us to understand. It's this, that the joy that we want every day is connected to Christmas. The joy that we want to live in every moment of every day is connected to Christmas. See, joy is the result of Jesus coming to earth. And you and I can be full of joy every single day when we understand the power of what Jesus did for you and I when he came. Joy is very important to our lives. And this is why 
we have a candle to represent it. Now, joy can be ours because the angels said something very important. A Savior has been born to you. This is our big takeaway this morning. The, the shepherds were the first to receive this great joy and to begin to understand and believe this joy. Elsa read the verses for us, so I won't go into reading them again, but I just want to highlight a little bit of verse 10 and verse 11. The angel said to them this, Do not be afraid. Always a good thing to start with when an angel comes into sight. Amen? I've always thought that. Have you noticed that in Scripture? That whenever an angel shows up to a human, their first thing is always what? Don't be afraid. Why? Because you're petrified. Like this heavenly being is right in front of me. I've never seen this before. And you are terrifying. The one thing I need to be reassured of right now is don't be afraid. That's all right. I'm not here to kill you. I'm here to give you great news of great joy. And that's what the angel is reminding them. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. What's the good news? What's the great joy? It's this, that a Savior has been born to you. That's the joy. See, the thing that will bring you joy, the, the thing that will allow you to live in joy every day is that you have a Savior. That a Savior has been born to you. Our ability to always be happy, to always be content is wrapped up in this belief. It's wrapped up in the knowledge that God moved heaven and earth to come here. That he was born on a special night to humble parents, probably in a cave. And he was laid in a feed trough for cows or sheep or goats. But he grew up to be a man. And selfish men nailed him to a cross. But what they didn't know was that was the plan of God all along. That was the whole reason he came, to die on a cross for you and me, so that you and I might have the hope, the love, the joy, and the peace of God resident in our hearts and our minds every single day of our life. This is why Jesus left heaven and came here. When you believe that, and you understand that, and it's resident in your soul, then your joy overflows all the time. See, when we believe these truths in all of their mystery and all of their power, we receive a joy that lasts a lifetime. Now, this ability to have joy, this ability to have happiness and contentment is rooted in the saving work of Christ on the cross and through the resurrection. In fact, our greatest joy is knowing Jesus as our Savior. It becomes our greatest joy. It becomes the, a greater joy than anything else in our life. You can get a new car. It doesn't even compare to salvation in Christ. You could get the new iPhone 12. It won't compare to your eternal salvation in Jesus Christ. Our greatest joy is knowing Jesus as our Savior. 
Not only is he our greatest joy, he's the source of our joy. The knowledge that we are saved is our greatest joy. The cross and resurrection is the source of this joy. Like the sun is the source of life on our planet, the cross and the resurrection and the salvation of Christ become an all-consuming joy in our hearts, in our thoughts, in our actions, in our words, in our mission. And it touches everything in our life like the sun touches our planet. See, the salvation of Jesus, it transforms everything from the inside out. Eternal life becomes our joy. The hope of heaven becomes our joy. Sharing Jesus becomes our joy. Now, all of this joy is possible. Why? Because a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Our greatest joy is knowing Jesus as our Savior. But then there's also an overflow of joy. This joy that is inside of us, that's bubbling up, must at some point overflow, amen? Must come out of us. And the overflow of our joy is the ability to tell others about Jesus. This is the overflow of our joy. The ability to tell somebody else about the hope and the love and the peace of Christ. This becomes our mission to tell the world that a Savior has been born and He is Christ. He is Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of our joy. The Apostle Paul says this several times in his writings. He says it in Philippians 1, 4-5. He says, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Isn't that good? When we partner together in Christ to see others believe in Jesus, it becomes our joy. It becomes our joy as a church, as individuals, as other churches in the community. Around the world, we can have this joy with other believers as we partner in the gospel, as our joy overflows to tell others about Jesus. Now, here's something that is so fun and so cool and that you discover as you live for Christ, and it's this, that nothing in this life will bring you more joy than helping somebody else believe in Jesus. Nothing. I've done lots of fun things in my life, and I'm thankful to the Lord to have gotten to do lots of fun things in my life that for a moment brought me happiness. But I can honestly tell you, nothing has ever brought me more joy than to watch someone else say yes to Jesus. And to get to be a part of that process. If you get to be a part of the process to talk to that person about Jesus, live out Jesus in front of that person, and then watch your life and go, I kind of like what you have. I like that joy that I see, that, that hope that you always have resident, that peace that is a part of your life all the time. I, I kind of like that. When you get to be that person that models Jesus and then watches that person say yes to Jesus and then begin the process of studying his word and having their heart and their mind and their spirit open to the spirit of God, nothing will ever bring you more joy 
than that. So I want to encourage you. Find those people around you and begin to share Jesus with them. Now here's what we also know. In a perfect world, we would always have joy and abundance, amen? But we don't live in one. We don't live in a perfect world. So I've discovered, like you have, there's always something trying to steal my joy. Have you noticed that? There's always something trying to steal my joy, trying to rob me of the joy that I have in Jesus, trying to steal those things that God is working in my life. And there's tons of them. Let me share a couple of them with you, things that are stealing our joy. One is sin. When you and I disobey God, it kind of robs our joy because it's directly connected to the work that Jesus did on the cross. And and there's just something in the way of your relationship. I think we all understand this. When, when we do something to hurt another person that we're in relationship with, the joy of the relationship is just a little hindered until we work it out. And thank the Lord that we can always work it out with God, right? 1 John 1, 9 says, If you are faithful and just to confess your sins, he will be faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the relationship can always be made right quickly when we go to God for forgiveness, but there's a little bit of something that steals our joy just for a moment. I've also noticed that the the desires of this world steal my joy, can steal our joy. The desire for this world can steal our joy, mostly because this world's not my home. How many of you feel most joyful when you're at your home? Like, this is my home. This is my stuff. This is my garage. These are my tools. That's my 49er helmet over there. That's my wife's kitchen. That's my wife's good dinner. This is where I have joy, right? This is... This is my joy. This is my home. Well, I can't get full joy here because this isn't home. Heaven's home. Have you noticed that the things of this world always leave you wanting more? Always leave you thirsting for something else? Never really fully satisfied? That's because it's this world. It's not God's world. Another thing is distractions. So many distractions. And the distractions try to steal our joy. And I notice the enemy of this world, the enemy of your soul and mine, is so good at distractions, isn't he? I'm so good at distractions that pull us away from Jesus. And there's so many distractions in our culture. In fact, one of the things I'm noticing in our culture right now, I'm sure you are too, I've noticed this huge distraction. This huge manipulation happening today. And it's the importance on, on right now. Like right now. What's happening right now is the most important. What pleasure can I experience right now in the moment? That's the most important thing. What's going to make me feel good right now is what I want and I want more of that. And the greatest example of that is social media, isn't it? We're all beginning to think, who's talking to me right now? Ooh, what's the, what's the latest TikTok video? Who's commenting on my Facebook page? Who just liked my Instagram? Oh, my phone just beeped. Got to get that. Hold on. It's consuming us. 
this distraction in my hand is constantly distracting me from real relationships, from Jesus Christ, and from what really matters in this world. And before we know it, the distraction becomes a habit. Before we know it, the habit is a lifestyle. And before we know it, the lifestyle has stolen my joy. Distractions. How about disasters? Disasters can really steal your joy, can't they? When you lose your job or end up in financial trouble, COVID-19. Some of you didn't want to be a teacher. You are one now. Maybe you've had a health scare, an untimely death in your family. Broken relationships, natural disasters, all of these big things, if we're not careful, they can steal our joy. And we need to be a people that say, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going to let those things steal my joy. Man, there's all kinds of things that could steal your joy. Comfort can steal your joy. You say, Pastor Mark, how would comfort steal my joy? That's when I'm most joyful is when I'm most comfortable. Well, what you haven't discovered yet is actually sacrifice and serving and surrender become your greatest joy. But when we're so comfortable in our lazy boy, we often say, Jesus, I'm busy today. I'm busy being comfortable. I don't have time to sacrifice for you today. I don't have time to serve you today. But what you'll discover is some of the greatest joyful moments in your life will happen when you sacrifice for Christ. When you serve him, when you say no to yourself, no to your comfort, and yes to him. Why will you feel the most joy then? Because you'll feel the most connected to Jesus, because we often will feel more connected to Jesus in sacrifice than anything else, because that's exactly what Jesus did for us on the cross. Sacrifice. And then there's all kinds of other things like busyness. Remember the old saying, if Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. It steals your joy. The philosophies of men, so many of them, they'll rob your joy. Addiction will steal your joy. This is just the short list of things that steal our joy. We could go on and on and on. I was thinking about joy some more and thinking about an illustration of joy. And I was reminded, we have a We have a technological gadget today that reminds me of joy. It's my DVR. My DVR reminds me of joy. Now, let me explain. How many of you would rather watch a movie or a football game or something on DVR? I would. Here's why. I I hate commercials. I just, I just want to fast forward through the commercials. I want to get right to the good stuff, and I want to get through it, right? Now, sometimes I, I, I like to do this. I like to DVR a football game, right? And normally when I DVR a football game, I want nobody to tell me the score, right? So nobody tell me the score because here's what's different. When, when I watch a game live... My wife will tell you, I am a completely different person than when I watch a game that I know the outcome of, 
and I am DVRing it. This is like joy. Let me explain. If I am watching the 49ers play the Seahawks live, this is what Pastor Mark looks like. I can't wait. This is going to be exciting. This is fun. And then second quarter, my quarterback throws an interception, and the Seahawks run it back for a touchdown, and I go crazy. Ah! Right? I jump off the couch. Ah! You've lost the game for us. This is horrible. My life is never going to end. <laughs> this is me watching a game live. Right? Ups and downs and happiness and sorrow and and one minute I'm on a mountaintop, the next I'm in the valley, one moment I'm in heaven, the next I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, this is me watching a game live. But when I've DVR'd a game and I know the outcome, if the Niners beat the Seahawks, I'll rewatch it because I want to watch every moment. <laughs> If they lost, I don't care. I want you to watch. But if they won, I'll watch every moment. And in the second quarter, when my quarterback throws an interception and the Seahawks run it back, I'll go, what? Eh, no big deal. Because I know we win in the end. Listen carefully to me right now. Okay? Whatever you're doing right now, listen carefully to me. This is how we need to live as believers. Because in the end, you win. In the end, you win. Jesus has already won for you. The cross was the victory. The resurrection was the victory. You have already won. So when you lose your job, you don't have to go, Oh, my life is ending. No, it's not. Jesus has already won for you. When you have a health scare, you don't have to go into the dumps and think your life is over. It's not over. If you die, it's just begun. I mean, th there's literally nothing that can happen in your life from this point forward. Once you know Christ, that can ruin your life or make your life awful because everything is already paid for for you. And the most important thing in your life is secure and done, your salvation. Let me give you an example of this. Acts chapter 16 is a great example. Turn there with me. I'm going to finish out looking at Acts chapter 16. I don't have long here, so I may have to paraphrase. In Acts chapter 16... I'm going to tell us a story quickly because I'm, I'm almost out. Paul and Silas are, are in a moment. They're in a moment where the enemy of their soul is going to try to steal their joy. It's a fabulous story because Paul and Silas get in a really sticky situation and it goes sideways in a hurry. Here's what happens. Paul and Silas are in the town of Philippi. And in the town of Philippi, they're sharing the gospel. They're seeing lots of people come to know Christ. But they have a problem. They have a woman who is demon-possessed, and she continues to follow Paul and Silas around everywhere they go in town. 
And everywhere they're going in town, this woman is yelling at the people loud enough so that they can hear. And here's what she's saying. These men serve the God most high and they are here to tell you how to be saved. Loudly and annoyingly, she follows them around. Now, it sounds like a great thing to be declared about you all the time. But Paul knew the reason that this woman is doing this is because she's bound up by a demon. And so one day after several days of this, Paul just turns around to her and says, in the name of Jesus, I command the demon to come out of you. And the demon comes out. No more demon possession. And she's free. Here's the problem. This woman, because of her demon possession, she was able to tell people's fortune. She was a fortune teller, a palm reader. And she would make a lot of money manipulating people with this palm reading, this fortune telling. And now the owners of her, because she was a slave, drag Paul and Silas to the court, get a crowd all riled up, and the magistrates decide that Paul and Silas are guilty without a trial, and they flog them nearly to death. This is a really bad day. Really, really bad day. Paul and Silas are now in jail. They've been nearly beaten to death, all because they were trying to do a good thing for Jesus. It's right in this moment where you start to think, probably Paul and Silas are in the middle of this prison and they're not very happy. But they were. It says that they began to sing and pray to God. And in the middle of their singing and their praying, an earthquake happened. All of the doors of the prison came flying open. Their shackles fell off. And the jailer, he pulls out his sword and he's about to kill himself because he knows if all of the prisoners escape, he'll be tortured to death and it would be way better for him to die from his own sword than to be tortured to death. And Paul and Silas say, wait, wait, we're all here. So he rushes lights in and I want you to listen to the jailer's question. It's in verse 30. Verse 29 says, the jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved. And Paul and Silas said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. They shared Jesus with them. And in verse 34, it says, the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Now, it looks like Paul and Silas are about to have their joy stolen from them. Have you ever had a moment like that? Have you ever had a day where uh, you felt like your joy was being robbed from you? Have you ever had a week like that? How about 2020? <laughs> How about 2020? Anybody had their whole joy tried to be sucked out of you this year? I'll bet you have. But let me ask you a question. 
Do you, knew, do you know the two powerful things that can help you keep your joy? They're simple. Prayer and singing. Prayer and singing can help you keep your joy. These are the two things that Paul and Silas did on a really, really, really bad day. They prayed and they sang. So I want to encourage you as we head into a new year and things maybe don't look like they're going to change. Do you have a habit of praying and singing to God? Because Paul and Silas were able to keep their joy, hear me, their joy got more powerful. Did you notice that? Because they were able to keep their joy in the middle of a really, really hard circumstance, their joy grew in power. Their joy changed the atmosphere. Their joy changed the prison. It changed an entire family. It changed the city. It changed a region. We have another letter back to this church, the letter of Philippians. Everything changed because they kept their joy and their joy allowed the salvation of Jesus to be given away to those around them. See, prayer and singing helps us focus on Jesus during really, really tough times. See, when we keep our joy, when it seems like we should have none at all, it opens the door for us to share Jesus with the world around us. The jailer asked this question, Sir, what must I do to be saved? I mean, he could have asked anything. Hey, what was that earthquake about? Why aren't you guys in your chains? I mean, there's a there's hundred questions he could have asked. But what's the one he asked when he saw two people keep their joy when they should have none? Tell me about your God. Tell me about how you can do that. Because I can't. And I certainly want to. That happiness and contentment happens when your life is wrapped up in Christ. The shepherds were overjoyed because a Savior had been born to them. The joy you want today and the joy you want every day is connected to Christmas. Our greatest joy is knowing Jesus as our Savior because a Savior has been born to you. Would you pray with me? This morning when I was getting up and getting ready to come to church, uh, my phone gives me a little reminder about different things and one of the things that popped up was a prayer about joy and I want to pray it for us this morning and I want to encourage you as well maybe you're watching watching us live or you're going to watch us in a couple days or maybe you're right in this room and you may be thinking right now uh, I don't have that kind of joy that you're talking about sir and I heard you say that 
when I believe in Jesus, I can start to live in that joy. And I want to encourage you. There's no better time to start a relationship with Jesus than at Christmas. So if you don't know Jesus, you don't believe in him, and you don't understand the hope and the love and the joy and the peace that he's come to bring, it's really simple. All you have to do is start. Just say, Jesus, I want to start a relationship with you. I don't know fully what that means, and I don't understand it, but here's what I do know. I don't have those things in my life, and I want to. And so if that's where you're at, and that's how you feel, I want to encourage you this morning to just say a simple prayer to the Lord. It can be as simple as, Jesus, I need you. I recognize that I'm not perfect, and I've never done things perfect, but that doesn't matter to you. You died on a cross so that I could be free. Would you come into my life, set me free from my sin, and help me to start living for you? And he'll come in, he'll change your life, and he'll begin to be your best friend. And when he is, he'll overflow with joy every day. Jesus, thank you for becoming Emmanuel, God with us. It's because of you that I can experience true joy. I admit that it can sometimes feel hard to be joyful in the middle of a busy or difficult holiday season. But when the cares of my heart are many, your comfort gives me renewed hope and cheer. So today, I choose to take refuge in you and rejoice. I will sing for joy because you are my strength and my salvation. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And because of your humble arrival over 2,000 years ago, I am now able to experience the joy of your presence forever. Thank you. You are always worthy of all glory, honor, and power. And so no matter what I face, I will choose to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to encourage you as you light your candle of joy all week to remember that a Savior has been born to you and all of your joy is wrapped up in him. Have a great week, have a Merry Christmas, and always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. Have a great week.